It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Check us out on Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show, Twitter at The Ken Reedy Show, and of course, our website, TheKenReedyShow.com. Check out the website because we got some new stuff up there, and we actually have our schedule of guests over the next few weeks, so go over there on the website, TheKenReedyShow.com, to see who we have coming up on the show. Big show tonight, we have Luke Robinson from Tough Enough fame and uh, former NWA on Fire World Heavyweight Champion uh, will be on the show tonight uh, talking wrestling and talking fitness. He's going to be on a little later and got an interesting call today that um, with all the speculation and you hear all the dirt sheets and you never know who's reporting what out there, I had a call that Ox Baker wanted to be on the show tonight, this show. To set the record straight, to let everyone know exactly what's going on with his health. So we're going to have Ox Baker on a little later on, letting us know what exactly is going on with him. So you're going to get it straight from, well, straight from the Ox's mouth, if you will, uh, today. So we're going to have him on a little later on. We're talking wrestling, and as always, my tag team partner, Dave, is on the line. Dave, how are you this evening? I'm doing wonderful. Let's talk some wrestling. We got lots to talk about tonight. Uh, first off, we got to let everyone know that we have some schedule changes going on. Uh, Ironbound is as as the station continues to evolve over time. Uh, we're moving, so we finally got our our, our intern who's been tremendous, uh, Sean Dango. Uh, he's been amazing, a great uh, production guy, and he's gotten things squared away, uh, technologically speaking. And now we're we're pulling everything up and, and moving. So uh, we're going to be off of Ironbound for basically the month of May. Uh, so we'll be on this Tuesday. Uh, and then the month of May, we'll be off from Ironbound. Uh, 
just because things are, are kind of exhausting and we, we were on quite a schedule, we're going to take uh, a week from Tuesday. We're going to take that day off, so there's going to be no show a week from Tuesday. But then uh, we're going to format the show much like we do on Sundays, exactly like we do on Sundays. So you'll be able to hear on Tuesday nights as well at thekenreedyshow.com. We'll do our regular Tuesday time slot. It just won't be on Ironbound's website. It'll be through the Ken Reedy Show dot com. So uh, be sure to check that out, and then we'll we'll be back at Ironbound come uh, June in a brand new studio. And the other thing we want to talk about that we got going, Dave, um, really cool. But we're doing this uh, on May thirty first. Write it down. You got a calendar? May thirty first. Uh, Kennedy Show presents Tap Out Cancer. We're doing a fundraiser at the Peppermill South. In Congress, New York, Peppermill South in Congress, New York, um, and we're, it's just going to be a fun night. You know, we 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 didn't want to make it like a huge deal. We didn't want to make you know, we just wanted to be fun. So really, it's just going to be a night. We're going to sit. We're going to watch SmackDown. We're going to have SmackDown on at the bar. We're going to have NWA on Fire on at the bar. We're just going to get uh, wrestling fans. Uh, maybe grab some wrestlers. Uh, Little Guido slash Nunzio is going to come by uh, for a little bit and hang out so we can talk wrestling with him. Uh, Dave LaGreca from Busted Open has said he's going to pop by. We're just going to hang out, watch wrestling, talk wrestling, and just have a fun night. Peppermill has agreed to throw 20% of all food and drink order orders to the American Cancer Society's Relay for Life. So uh, we're going to raise as much money as we can that night. And in addition to the 20% that the Peppermill's kicking in, uh, we thought it would be cool to to raffle off some memorabilia uh, to get some stuff going. So, And 100% of everything that's going to be raffled is going to go to the Relay for Life. And Dave, man, you know, people have just been really cool uh Stepping up and, and giving us stuff to, to raffle off. So if you're a collector, if you're a wrestling fan and, and you want some autographed merchandise, it is well worth your while to come out to the Peppermill South and take your chance on, on winning some of these items. I mean, we got a lot of autographed pictures now. we got to thank uh, Jordan Thomas, who's uh, Chelsea and Tracy Brooks, TNA Knockouts, uh, Leva Bates, who is on this show, and uh, Head Shrinker Samu. He's uh, donating autog- those autographed pictures uh, to be raffled off. Our friends at Lucky13, be sure to check out Lucky13 on Facebook. They're always doing signings. Uh, they're going to donate pictures from Velvet Sky, Mickey James, Rosita, and combinations of the beautiful people. Uh, those are going to be raffled off. And a special thanks to M&J Collectibles. Uh, they're giving uh us a bunch of stuff. Uh, Matt Hardy autograph picture, Maria, Marty Janetti, Ted DiBiase. Uh, and he is going to give us a special edition, uh, a poster of Demolition and Powers of Pain signed by all four guys. So that sounds cool. Uh, Brutus Beefcake, Greg the Hammer Valentine. So really, thank you to Jordan Thomas, Lucky 13, and MJ Collectibles for volunteering to give us all this great stuff to. Uh, raffle off i i, I still i gotta figure out what i'm gonna do because i didn't expect this much uh this quickly so they were gonna come up with some packages to raffle off so if you buy a raffle ticket you'll get like a few pictures uh if you win and we'll be raffling throughout the night so uh 
you know, and Dave, I know you're trying to clear up your schedule to get there. I'm going to be in attendance. So it's it's going to be a really fun night, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I'm a big wrestling memorabilia collector with, you know, autograph 8x10. So I'll definitely be forking over some cash to uh, try and get my uh, – my hands on some of these uh, autograph pictures that M&J Collectibles and Lucky 13 have donated. And uh, overall, I'm just really looking forward to a fun night talking wrestling with wrestling fans and, uh, you know, talking about our show and just everything in general. And it's all for a great cause. And, you know, there's, I'm doing my damnedest to make sure that I'm in uh, Congress, New York, on uh, the 31st of May. Yeah, so be sure to check us out. I'm going to be putting um – you know, a link up on the Facebook, and we're going to try and get it on the website where, uh, you know, I have a link that you can donate uh, if you can't make it out. But, but let me know or message me on Facebook. You know, we're going to figure it all out. But if you can't make it to the Peppermill that night, but you wish to buy a raffle ticket, we'll figure something out. Okay, whether you, you just throw the, the donation in on uh, on the American Cancer Society link and just memo that it's for the raffle. I'm going to figure that out over the course of, of the week, how exactly we can do that. But if you're interested, if you know you can't make it, but you're interested in buying a raffle ticket, uh, just shoot me a message on Facebook, and uh, I'll keep you in mind, and we'll figure out exactly how we're going to get that done. Again, Dave, I, I just, I'm shocked. I didn't, I thought we'd get, like, a few pictures, a couple people would donate, maybe a couple things, and, uh, you know, we'd have a few raffles. Uh, I just, I'm overwhelmed with how much stuff we potentially uh, are going to have that night. So, uh, we need to be having, like, raffles going uh, every commercial break. Uh, so it's going to be a really fun night. It's going to be kind of like a mini wrestling convention. So uh, be sure to come out. Again, it's the Peppermill South in Congress, New York, on May 31st from 8 to 12. So uh, be sure to come on out. And uh, that's it. It's going to be a great cause. Looking forward to that. And let's get into it, man. We we got a jam-packed show again. Luke Robinson and Ox Baker are going to be joining us a little later on. Next week, we're going to do a real special show. We want you guys to start brainstorming, start thinking about, you know, the WWE Championship. Think about all the people that have won that title, the significance of that title, because that title just turned 50. And next week, we're going to do a special show dedicated to 50 years of the WWE Championship, the the greats, maybe the not-so-greats, dissect We're going to really center next week's show uh, on the history of that title. So start delving into your history books. Look look at your archived DVD collection. Uh, be prepared to talk history next week because we're going to talk all about the 50 years of the WWE Championship. Should be a fun show next week, Dave. Absolutely, yeah. I look for I look forward to talking about the history of of, of that title, seeing as it turned 50. Um, you know, I always like talking, you know, wrestling history in general. So this is gonna, this is one of the shows I'm really looking forward to, and uh, you know, I want all you callers to to bring it. We're not gonna unless something major breaks, you know, in the world of wrestling. You know, we're gonna we're gonna really stick hard, stick to this really hard with the with the subject of the WWE Championship. So, uh, you know, get your get your thinking caps on for all you wrestling fans out there. It should be a lot of fun. You know, like as it's it's amazing, like because you're saying. If something breaks, and, and we're, we're thinking, you know, this is kind of a weird time period in professional wrestling. It, it becomes, you know, almost every year, it's that, that post-WrestleMania, it, it's a down period in, in wrestling. You don't have uh, some, you know, a lot of incredibly significant things happen. And that's why we thought it would be cool to slot in a, a historical-type show 
uh, around this time period um, and coinciding with the 50th anniversary of the WWE title. Um, interestingly enough, though, as you're wondering, you know, you go through and we do. I know sometimes you listen to this show and it's we're flying by the seat of our pants, but we do. We do have an outline. We do come up with an outline. We do have pre-show meetings, and, and we figure stuff out, and we talk about what we want to want to say on the show and good subjects and everything. And sometimes you wind up throwing stuff out, and all of a sudden, this morning, all us wrestling fans, we awake to the news that John Cena, the man, the WWE champion, has an Achilles injury. What does this mean for Extreme Rules? What does this mean for the championship? What does this mean for wrestling fans? What's going on? Achilles, that sounds serious. Sounds really serious. But what what does it mean? How bad is it? Where are the details? There are no details. I don't know about you, Dave, but an Achilles injury can be very serious. There's... There's different severities from just an Achilles injury to a tear, a rupture. I mean, there's a lot of the vagueness of what exactly this injury is. I don't know, something fishy, Dave. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's been very vague. Um, There's not a whole lot of details, especially when WWE.com reports it, because they like to stick, you know, when they report news, they like to stick to the storyline. You certainly don't get... um, dirt sheet type of news from WWE.com, unless it's something really major and they feel it's important to to report, or if it could potentially, you know, turn out to, you know, be something that they would want to use for a future storyline, you know, they'll they'll report it. But nine times out of ten, or more more than likely ten times out of ten, it's it's pretty much storyline driven from from their from their uh, their website, the mobile, the app, whatever you want to you know use to get to find the WWE. But um, yeah, I mean it's you know when I, when I read the when I read the report this, this morning, my first thoughts were well I'll believe it when I see it because this is John Cena we're talking about. You know a few years back he tore a pectoral muscle and they said you know eight nine months and Four and a half months later, he shows up as a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble and ends up winning. Um, you know, he had a neck surgery a few years ago, and then two months later, he was back on television like he didn't miss a beat. So it, it's really difficult, especially with him, considering he's the face of the company. He's the he's the guy, um, regardless of whether he has the championship or not. He's always been the face of the company. Um, you know, some reports that I've read have said that. He hurt he, he he hurt his Achilles in a series of uh, tables matches with Ryback over on the overseas tour, and then they've switched up some of his matches where he was tagging up with Team Hell No against Ryback, Ziggler, and Biggie Langston, and he didn't really have a whole lot of activity in the match with the exception of you know getting the the, the hot tag at the end and performing his moves and cleaning house and then. You know the finish of the match. Um, there was one picture I saw. I believe it was taken somewhere in Poland. He was standing in the corner and he had some sort of uh, wrap around his ankle, his right his right ankle, I believe. Um, but other reports I've read too that um, nothing really significant has changed in any of these six man matches he's been involved in. Um, they won't necessarily report how the injury was caused, but they have certainly credited Ryback as to being the one to to have helped cause that injury. So that leads me to believe that 
this is either a, a work and they're really trying to build up Ryback as this monster and, you know, going into extreme rules, you know, laying down the foundation that there could be some doubt that John Cena will defeat him because most fans, you know, wrestling fans feel that John Cena will end up beating Ryback. He just won the title at WrestleMania, and he's, of course, John Cena. We've, you know, heard the term Super Cena before. Um, and then the other part of me thinks that this could be a mixture of, well, maybe he did hurt it in action, a little wear and tear on his body. It's not as serious as some may say, um, but they're working a storyline into it, and maybe he'll take a month or two off. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you remember last year, we, especially when we talked about it on the show, we after his match with Brock Lesnar, he was selling his left arm that he was hurt. He even looked at the camera guy and said, it's gone, it's gone, I can't move it. And uh, lo and behold, he was on TV the next night, and he was on TV for the rest of the time being, and he had a match with uh, John Laurinaitis at the next pay-per-view. So it's hard to tell. Cena has publicly stated on Twitter he's banged up, but he's not going to miss Monday Night Raw this Monday. So we'll see what happens. I don't know where they go from here. You know, if 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 it's a work, then you know maybe they have Ryback beat on the ankle a little bit. I mean, I really don't know where they're going to go with it. I, I have to I have to see John Cena off my television consecu- consecutively for weeks on end in order to believe that this is a legitimate injury. Yeah, and it's interesting because I did, you know, when you're trying to find information and, and I you couldn't find a, any, like, concrete information on the injury. And even John Cena on Twitter said, you know, I'm a little banged up. And that, that was it. So nothing real specific. And so I decided, you know, let me look up Achilles injuries and, and kind of get some info on that. And it's pretty amazing the, the wide array of not only what you can do to your Achilles but the length of time you, you could be out. And the the smallest increment was like Achilles injury, uh, you know, rest for a week. So it was just kind of, all right, because you see Kobe Bryant just ruptured his Achilles, and he's done for a year. So th- there's definitely a big gap as far as how long, you know, someone could be out with an Achilles injury. And, you know, I would think... You know, and you're saying, Dave, he's John Cena. He's he's the man. He he is the number one guy in the WWE. Um, the doctors at the W, a multi-billion dollar company like the WWE, the doctors are going to have on staff. Um, you would think they know, like they would know right off the bat. I mean, you were hearing when when Kobe went down. Immediately, you were hearing even before. He had the MRI that most likely he's done. You would think with the WWE, they would have similar medical staff that would pretty much know right off the bat the severity of the injury. And the fact that it's it's vague right now leads me to believe that on some levels, it, it's a work. Could he have a, a very, very insignificant Achilles injury that they're going to use to sell Ryback? Perhaps. I mean, maybe that's it. You know, maybe he's got the week-long with rest kind of Achilles injury. Um, you know, do they usually have the Achilles wrapped and, and Ryback goes after it and rips the wrap off? Maybe. Uh, but, I don't know. If it's not completely a work, uh, to me, my feeling is that we're, we're, we got to lean towards at least partially a work. And who knows? Um 
and, and Dave, you know, you brought up a good point. Uh, you know, we haven't had a stipulation yet uh, added to this matchup. You know, do they do something where, you know, they make it an I quit match and a la Stone Cold Bret Hart and Stone Cold never said I quit. You know, could they do an I quit match and, you know, Ryback just beats the holy hell out of Cena's ankle slash Achilles and but Cena just refuses uh to give up. You know, chair on the ankle, whatever, just continues to tear apart the foot and uh you know, and then Ryback winds up winning the title because the ref just has to stop the match. And you know, maybe they do something like that. But you're right, Dave. I mean if if until I see John Cena off of WWE programming for, you know, Two weeks. I mean, because even a week doesn't tell me that it's it's legit, really. I mean, he's got to be two weeks plus at least before I'm going to start to think that this is like anything more than being just banged up. Then respect him. I mean, look, he, he performs banged up. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I don't think that this is a, a nothing injury. I think he's hurting. Uh, but I, I tend to doubt that we're going to lose John Cena for any length of time. But, you know, when I look at this and I look at John Cena and, and being the number one guy in the company and going into the extreme rules with Ryback, who's the new up-and-coming star, you know, coming off of WrestleMania and, and you know, finally vanquishing his, his number one foe in The Rock and everything that surrounds John Cena and, and him promising to be on Raw tomorrow night. And we don't know what capacity he's going to be on Raw. And when I look at all these factors contributing to, to John Cena and what role he may or may not play tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw, what really strikes me as most important is what kind of impact this is going to have on my fantasy wrestling team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I haven't, I haven't made my roster yet, so I mean, I mean you know, I'm going to have to, uh, you know, take that into consideration. But, I mean, the safe bet for me is if you pick John Cena and, he, you know, the rumors of this injury, he's going to have a pretty good role on the show. Also considering, too, he's the WWE champion. And, uh, you know, they're, they're advertising him for a main event uh, pay-per-view with uh, with Ryback. So I would I would venture to guess that he's probably going to be on a good amount once, maybe even twice in a, in a, in a, in a big role too, you know? So you might be safe with the points if you, uh, if, if you've uh, chosen John Cena for your fantasy wrestling. Um, I'm really going to have to shoot him a tweet at some point. Maybe he can give me some, some guarantee that I'm at least going to get points. <laughs> I was so like, it was funny cause I'm playing with like the salary cap and I'm like, I'm going to figure out a way to, to fit John Cena onto my team. And, uh, Worked some stuff out, worked the finances out on my team, and was able to squeeze him in. And then it's just this, I don't know, this just screams of me. I never have any luck in fantasy sports, but uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow night. But uh, what do you guys think? Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. Is this completely a work? Uh, what do you think of John Cena? You know, what are we going to get out of John Cena um, what are your thoughts, Dave, on as as we go towards extreme rules and we we look at Ryback and and Cena and you know they they're they're building Ryback. I mean, he's uh you know, definitely becoming a a star. And uh you know, even Bill Apter said that he would love to see uh John uh, 
Ryback be like this monster heel champion? Um, aside from we just talked about like an I quit match, um, what do you think that would be a good stipulation for Ryback and Cena? Well, you can't, I mean, the wrestling purists out there will, will definitely say, uh, you know, don't put them in a straight-up wrestling match because neither of them could wrestle. Um, but, uh, I mean, an I quit match sounds pretty good. You know, a, a last-man-standing match, although we've seen a couple of those with Del Rio and the Big Show, um, you know, Triple H and Brock are in a steel cage, so you can't really do that. I mean, I guess you could put them in a tables match. Um, something that's kind of, you know, Camouflage the weaknesses of of both guys, um, you know, the, with the the, uh, the the technical in-ring ability or lack thereof that most people say that you know they don't have. Um, so I would probably, I mean, to me, I like the I quit stipulation personally, um, or even or even maybe a false count anywhere match, you know, false count anywhere in the building, you know, like a real false count anywhere match, not where they start in the ring. They go through the backstage area, they kind of do a lap around, and then they come back, like, go out in the parking lot, you know, like, beat the crap out of each other out there, you know. Give them the shell shock on top of somebody's rental car in the parking lot, you know, or, like, I mean, stuff like that, you know. I, something that's going to involve is Dusty Rhodes would say plunder, you know what I mean, where you're going to see some some weapons, you know, uh, some, some some real physicality between the two. But to me, like, I don't know, when you start a new – and this is a – this might be going off topic, but when you start a new feud or a new rivalry after WrestleMania, I don't think it's the best idea to have a pay-per-view like Extreme Rules because right away you're not going to want to kill somebody. In a, I mean, you're going to want to wrestle them in a regular straight-up wrestling match, but John Cena and Ryback have, you know, are relatively new to each other. Like, why would you want to totally destroy him or vice versa, you know, in a, like a – a last man standing match. You would want to have like a straight up wrestling match first before you have to go to great lengths to destroy your body to beat your opponent in a match like that, you know? So I just think uh I think the timing is a little, you know, iffy when it comes to the extreme rules pay per view being right after WrestleMania. Um but I mean they they have a few weeks to, to build up something, so we'll see what happens. If this match even happens considering the, the news of the um severity of uh John Cena's injury. You know, if if it is a real injury, and if John Cena is is down for any length of time with the the Rock leaving, um, you know, Triple H is still a part timer. uh, CM Punk taking some time off. uh, Yeah, if this injury is legit, this would hit the WWE pretty hard. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's. Let me put it this way. This would be the perfect opportunity for other guys to move up the ranks. You know, a guy like a Ryback. Um, you know, guys who have been, I would say, stagnant, like Sheamus and Randy Orton, you know, put them in a higher profile position. Um, you know, or even for younger guys like The Shield, um, who, who, you know, had, had, had some uh, success in recent weeks with top guys, um, you know, or they could, you know, do what they do what they do a lot of times and take like a guy like CM Punk who they promised time off, you know, I don't know the extent of how much time off, but I'm hearing that he's off till at least SummerSlam. Um they might drag him back out because they know that, you know, he will catch attention from, you know, wrestling fans, particularly the, the internet wrestling community who seem to adore him. Um 
I mean, there's a lot of different ways they can go. If I were them, I would just say, okay, all right, we're in a rebuilding process right now because John Cena is out. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to build up Ryback. We're going to build up the Shield. We're going to make Randy Orton have a more prominent role. We're going we're gonna to have Sheamus have a more prominent role and, and be featured more. We're going to take younger talent and, 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 and kind of run with that and see what that hap- happens during that period. I know it's a business and you're all about making money and the most money you possibly can, but at some point you've got to take a chance on some of these younger guys, and let's see if they can run with the ball. And more than ever, an opportunity like that with John Cena being out would be perfect for young talent, as opposed to just going to the old faithful, so to speak, and dragging CM Punk out of, you know, his time off or having Triple H. I mean, I know it won't happen, but, you know, they could take Triple H and say, hey, can you work a couple of months? You know, here, we'll do this with you, you know, just to get some star power, you know. So, I mean – that's what I would do if this situation is legitimate with John Cena's injury and if he's out for a extended period of time. And we're, we're moving into, like, that period. I mean, you know, John Cena has been the man for a while. He's, you know, you hear the reports that he's banged up. And whatever this injury is, whether it's completely at work, partially at work, or he's legit hurt, um, there's there's more behind the John Cena era than ahead. You know, he's 36 years old, uh, a guy that when, you know, when you hear the reports, a guy that runs a schedule that would just run most of us into the ground between, uh, you know, just the wrestling and, and the, uh, then the, the stuff outside of wrestling, the media, uh, stops that he has to make. I mean, when, when you talk about John Cena being the man in a company like this, uh, you know the commitments that he has to that he has. Uh, it, it's just incredible, and you gotta think it's only a matter of time before they're really legit going to have to look at something like who's the next guy. Um, and this may be the the best time to start looking at the youth in the company, looking at you know who do you think your future. Star is and really start to push those guys because eventually you're going to have to. Eventually, Cena's going to have to be pulled out of the the spotlight. I mean, when you look at his career, I mean, you may even think that you know beating The Rock at WrestleMania, you know, the story arc that has happened over the past few years, finally beating The Rock could wind up being the pinnacle of his career. That could be the cherry on top of the Sunday, and now we're going to slowly watch Cena kind of back off a little bit. I mean, he's still the man, but when you're approaching that age of 40, you know, how much longer can John Cena legitimately be the number one guy in this company? And the other guys, you know, you brought up, you know, when you're looking at star power, obviously guys like Triple H, uh, you know, they're not in any condition or shape to be the number one guy in the company. Um, And, as great as CM Punk is, he's up there too. Like they need to start looking at someone young. They're not like young, young, but you know, someone who's like late twenties, maybe thirty, who's going to be the guy to kind of be the the you know take over and be the next guy, the next number one guy in the company. Uh, because how many more years do you think John Cena can be the number one guy? I can't fathom you know, maintaining the schedule as long as he's maintained it. It's just, it's incredible what he's been able to do over the course of his career. Who knows where they're going? Who knows what this injury is? Who knows what this injury will mean uh, 
for the not too distant future. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. We're going to take a quick commercial break. On the other side of the break, we. The word is spreading. More and more people are switching to Ambit Energy. Well, one of my neighbors switched, and then I switched. Now the whole neighborhood has Ambit. Who doesn't want to save money? The word is spreading. Switching to Ambit Energy is rewarding in more ways than one. I signed up and got a travel award. That's nice. Oh, I get to save on energy and on travel? There's a cruise for two out there just a few thousand kilowatts away. I can almost smell the sunscreen. The word is spreading. Ambit Energy even lets you earn free energy. When I get 15 friends to switch, I get free energy. I have 15 friends. At least I think I do. Hey, I'd be telling people to switch to Ambit anyway. If you'd like to switch to Ambit Energy, listen to the following contact information closely. Then spread the word. Joe Miller is an Ambit Energy independent consultant. If you want to upgrade or be a consultant, visit his website, mainline.joinambit.com. That's mainline.joinambit.com. Ambit is available in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Washington, D.C., Illinois, Texas, and California. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. The Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. And right now, uh, we have on the line, you probably know him from Tough Enough, uh, fitness guru. We're going to talk wrestling. We're going to talk fitness. We have Luke Robinson on the line. Luke, are you there? What's going on, fellas? Great to have you. you Thanks me? a lot for giving us some time tonight um, to talk some wrestling. We want to talk fitness as well. Uh, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing fantastic. Yeah, anything, nothing's off limits with me. You know, we're pretty open book, so I'm going to fire away. All right, let's get into it. Well, I, you know, you're... Wrestling, you were NWA on fire, heavyweight champion. You were on a uh, tough enough. Um, I'd like to go back a little bit because uh, looking at your history, you actually uh, trained with Tony Atlas. What was it like uh, getting trained by a guy like Tony Atlas? Well, first of all, Tony, and I don't mean to blow his cover, but he's way, way smarter than he leads on. Like he has fun kind of playing into the stereotype that some people think of him as kind of simple-minded. And uh, one of the funnest parts of training with Tony was the, you know, the kind of tie-in wrestling stories or analogies to different parts of his life. Some of them are a little more colorful, but uh, some that I can share with you guys used to say, Luke, wrestling moves are like fireworks. If you see them every day, how special is the 4th of July? Right? So, like, <laughs> those are really the coolest moments. And, you know, some were, uh, well, actually, we'll share this one. He goes, Luke, Wrestling is like drugs. First, you get them hooked with the good stuff. Then it don't matter what you give them. Okay? <laughs> that was an example of why Hulk Hogan was so popular. You know? So, anyway, training with Tony was just really cool and really creative, and we just learned a lot from the, uh, you know, really the listening to the crowd perspective and, you know, the psychology perspective more than the moves. And he was so... This is what I love about him. He's so upfront about it. He goes, I can't teach you no moves. You, you, you boys don't already know. He goes, if you did what we did, you'd get booed out of the damn building. So, uh, you know, he's talking about, like, holding a um, trapped, you know, a trapped trapezius hold for 30 minutes in Madison Square Garden. The crowd's still going crazy. So he was real smart about kind of creating a good hybrid between old school and new school, and that's how I always... Uh, you know, derived my style in the room from it, kind of a, a, a middle ground, kind of like Triple H, Shawn Michaels, those type of guys, where it's just a beautiful mixture of storytelling and athleticism. 
What was that like? Just could you get into specifics? Because we've we've asked uh, a number of people on the show about psychology, both uh, in ring, um, you know, during the match, and and developing your character outside of the ring. What are some of the lessons you learned about the psychology of wrestling? So that's a great question. A lot of people run into buzzword, like it's a buzzword, and really psychology, and we can't actually tell you anything about how to apply it. And Tony was very, again, it was very application based. So one of the things we we learned about listening to a crowd. Uh, in terms of psychology, is that you have to listen to them, but you can't let them call your match for you. So, you know, if, if you have someone in a rest hold and the crowd's coming up for them, you have to react to that. So you're basically, you know, it's Pavlon, a Pavlonian response. You're conditioning the crowd to give you the response you want. So you have to, if you're going to come up, or you should come up, but maybe you're coming up to come back down. But you just told the audience that that works. Okay, when we... You know, when we come up for this guy, he at least starts coming up. And, uh, you know, when we learn that if, if the crowd's not reacting to, like, you're going to, you might sit there and hold until they learn the lesson, so you teach them that condition. And, again, on, on TV, obviously, you don't have that luxury. And, you know, unfortunately, and this might be a side subject, but a lot of the guys in developmental, they never, ever have to learn. <laughs> you know, they pretty much have their hand held by their agent through their entire match. You know, when they're on. they don't have to do any thinking. They don't do any reacting. Um, the other side of things I learned from Tony is that if you're going to lose, especially if you're a baby, well, either way, have a but for moment. Like he would have won but for this thing happening to this body part. You know, and that way you you always protect yourself. I guess you know, and again, that was more important I think in his day, um, where you know, Casey wasn't dead yet, but that way you always give that out. Like, oh, he didn't lose. If that hadn't, you know, his ankle hadn't given out on this move. He got pushed to hurt his foot there. Uh, you know, you give that audience that way of, of you know, protecting your quote-unquote reputation as the fighter. Interesting. Who who do you, did you enjoy? Who did you like working with the most in, in the ring? Who did you think you got the psychology and you guys could play off each other well in the ring? I mean, like... I don't know how many guys are going to know that I'm talking about. But in this team, do you guys know who uh, Matt Taven is? He's been in ROH a little bit lately. Matt Taven? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, are you talking about like guys that have actually wrestled, you say? Yeah, guys you've been in the ring with yeah. that you felt like yeah. they got the psychology of it all. Yeah, I've always really enjoyed Matt working with Matt Taven. And, again, he's we both come from that same – one of the biggest compliments I get is when I have guys who I believe are way more talented than I am as far as, like, you know, their rules set, what they can do technically, and they'll when guys like that come to me after and like that was the best that was just the best match. I've never got a reaction like that. And it's because how I I've learned to be again merge the storytelling side with the athleticism. I always like a little bit of both. Um and they've never been able to work with guys who are like mindful of that. So um Matt Taven comes to mind as an example of always had really athletic matches where someone watching it would be you know, that was that was a pretty cool stuff there, but at the same time the story, we never tried to shoot on a move to fit the story. The story always drove the move, if that makes sense. So, uh, I mean another guy that's just brilliant that, that I've worked with a, a few times in India is Jerry Lawler. Like, he's just so calm and relaxed. He knows, you know, he knows how to just tell that beautifully simple story. And it's almost like, it's exciting when you realize, again, how little it's not about doing, like, intentionally doing, I, I, I hate when guys are like, I didn't have to kick one bump, and it's like 
you take a really bunch of it, it took to tell the story. You should be more proud about not having to take extra bunks. And Jerry's a guy who's just so relaxed. There's just no panic. You know, a lot of guys almost, they make stuff like too hard because they overthink it. And Jerry Law is a guy who's just so beautifully simple, which is always really fun to work with him. That's amazing. I mean, sometimes, like when when you're in the ring with him, I mean, do you have to pinch yourself that you're actually in, in a wrestling match with Jerry the King? Yeah, that's such a great way of putting it. And my whole life, like the past few years, has been like that. I mean, I never, I did and I didn't. It's like it was surreal, but in other in the other sense, like I always believed that I was meant to do something bigger. Like I wasn't just meant to be an, a quote unquote average person. So I mean, yeah, from wrestling with Jerry Lawler getting to wrestle in, the, in, in a ring with Stone Cold Steve Austin. We got to work with The Rock during his, uh, you know, he was just on Tough Enough practicing for his first comeback to WrestleMania. So, I mean, there's been plenty of moments, being live on Raw in the same ring, ring as Vince McMahon, plenty of moments where it's like you almost, um, it's almost like an out-of-body experience. Like you're looking, it's like your 16-year-old self is watching you right now and just like giggling, you know, like, yeah, yeah right, <laughs> you ended up doing that. Yeah, right. You know, and all your friends, all your teachers told you, you know, I had some really supportive teachers, but I actually had, uh, we do a Sunday primal fitness class, and this woman approaches me after. She goes, I want to apologize to your eighth grade teacher. I said, wait, you weren't my eighth grade teacher. She goes, no, no, my ex-husband was, and he told me that he said you'd never go anywhere with professional wrestling. <laughs> and she goes, before I divorced him, I told him, oh, I guess you were wrong about that, too, you know. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. That's awesome. Well, let's get into it. Since you brought up Stone Cold and uh, you know being on Tough Enough, being uh, the runner-up on Tough Enough, um, how how close is what we saw on TV, TV to what really went on in that house during that competition? Uh, okay, a couple things. That, you know, a couple prefaces. Number one, I I got recruited by the casting company through the WWE. I done a couple tryouts. Like it wasn't my idea to audition and here's why I always hated the premise of tough enough like knowing someone's real life and like seeing them bitch about training like oh this is really hard and like my back hurts and then trying to repackage them as a WWE superstar it, I just never ever I just thought they were pretty much doomed you know character wise the only people who have made it really uh, Morrison and Miz in particular that I can think of but Morrison I don't think anybody remembers him from Tough Enough, like his, you know, his whole look is completely different. He wasn't really like associated with that Tough Enough tag, you know, because he went away for a couple of years of developmental. Well, anyway, what made me tell you that is I decided after a talk with Tony, I said, hey, look, you know, they're talking about the show, and I said, I don't want to do it because I don't want people to like, oh, that's his real personality, and then try to go on TV, and they just know, they know better. It ruins the illusion of it. And uh, he said, look, this might be your only chance to get in the door. So I said, well, you know what? I can just play my wrestling character. And so I did, 24-7. Besides when I was with the production staff and we were doing interviews, they knew I'd just snap in the character. You know, sweet and loving, like when I was doing my behind-the-scenes stuff uh, with them. And then as soon as they come to the camera, I just start bashing everybody in the house, and I decided that's the way I was going to go about it. And I didn't tell anybody in the house besides Jeremiah. So everybody really thought I was just, like, the biggest, you know, gift in the universe. Can I say that? Yeah, sure. We have any, all right, I don't know if we have any restrictions. But, I mean, they just thought I was the biggest jerk. And I took fights with people. Like, Ivelisse washed her bananas on the outside before she killed them. And you know, I was just like, that's the most freaking ridiculous thing I've ever seen in the world. You're an idiot. You know, I just, like, 
it was just a stupid fight. So what you saw was very, very close to reality. Um, I do have to say it was very, very close um, to what went on on the show. Um, like, again, some of the guys besides Jeremiah uh, were just like, I like I like them, but they're just a little, like, cheesy. Like, AJ would wake up and be like, well, I guess, like, he'd comment. He thought, like, reality TV was like, he'd comment. Like, he'd literally do play-by-play of your day. <laughs> like, well, I'm up. I'm going to go have some oatmeal and hit the treadmill for about 20 minutes. You know? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> you know, obviously they're not going to use that. You know, and then Stood Mark was Stood Mark. I don't have to say much more. And Martin, you know, who they desperately tried to, like, frame as my big competition, I mean, go watch the show as far as, like, the condition we were in. Like, I just just beat him into the ground during drills. So they'd have to, like, not, they'd have to not show that. He'd be, like, <clears throat> you know, gassed and looking like a fool. And, like, again, they're just kind of cheesy. Like, you say, boom, shakalaka, as an exclamation, with a straight face. You know, like 1994 NBA Jam, with a straight face. <laughs> you know? And, uh, uh, and then the other thing, again, how can you, it's hard to remember that, with, uh, uh, what's his name? The kid who won, the big, uh, Andy. You know, like, the, yeah, the only time that was, he didn't win anything. Like, he never won a competition. Came in last most of the time. And the first time they got excited about him was when we were doing that, like, top rope balance competition. And, again, he fell off first, the loser. And then he punched that punching bag and they're like, you know, oh, I'm so, I'm so you know, it's like, yeah, you should be. Hopefully, if you're a competitive athlete, you are mad if you come in last or something. And that was, like, what they used as, like, the way to, for them, like, oh, he showed some fire. Well, to me, no, you just showed what you should be doing if you're a self-respecting athlete. Um, and, again, very, very, I have to say, it was very accurate representation of the house, but it was clear that the producers were chirping in the coaches' ears about what, you know, once they found out I hated being stereotyped as, like, behind the scenes, I hated being stereotyped as, you know, he's a typical jerk. That's, I'm cool with that as a character, but during training, I shut my mouth. Like, in the house, I was a jerk. During training, I shut my mouth, but they try to antagonize me. You know, they go, oh, Mr. Perfect, you know, the old, can't we do, like, stretch drills. Can't put a feet behind his head. Find it on something he's not good at. You know, they try to kind of bring that out, and I think the producers told him, like, hey, you know, really, this is how he really is, and he hates being And then what was your relationship like with, with Stone Cold? I love that. He was just a brilliant, brilliant human being. So we were, uh, I mean, again, we don't spend a whole lot of time with them outside of filming. Um, but one thing they did cut was the day that he came to the house with some of his favorite, you know, matches on DVD, uh, a box of pizza and some beer. And it was like, I think it was just me, Jeremiah, and Andy left at that point. And um, I just liked what he really is just very sweet and genuine. Knows when to be tough, but knows when to be loving and supportive. And, like, again, I just think he's a great human being and, and one of the few people I've met in the business that isn't, like, delusional. Like, he totally separates Stone Cold from who he is as a real human being. And there's a lot of people in this business that, like, that line is blurred and it's, like, really it's weird. Especially in the Indies, you know what I mean? There's a lot of people that, like, almost start to believe it too much and, I love hearing him talk about himself. Like, you know, he talked about his wrestling character as a character. I thought this would get a great reaction from the audience, so I did this for the character. There's always a great separation. Um, 
And I really respected that because it just showed again, like, a level of sanity that isn't always present. And again, we're all a little bit crazy to love this business like we do. But uh, that was meaningful to me that he was just such a, a real dude. How far do you think you could have gone in the WWE if you had won tough enough? My high school yearbook says my goal is to be WWE champion, and I have no doubt that that's where I could easily, I don't want to say easily, but as a character, with my ability in the ring and, and the way I carry myself, there's no doubt that as a human being, as a wrestling character, um, physically, that I could carry all this all the stresses that come with that job and I heard you guys just talking about John Cena and one of the things that I do admire about him is, and it's what you said he's a workhorse and he embraces and loves the um the work outside of the ring just as as much as he values and loves the work inside of the ring. Um and that's the type of person I am. Like I, I come from a marketing background and and you really have to have a special kind of personality where you're energized by being around people. If you're too introverted and you need that alone time a lot, I don't think wrestling is a business for you. You, you know, you tend to get resentful. And um, so, again, I embrace being around a lot of people and giving a lot of my time to people because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. You know, and I found that out a lot after Tough Enough where a little kid, you can make a, you know, just by being you, the fact that you were on TV, you know, can make a little kid's day who loves wrestling. And that's how I was. I remember my first wrestling show, being outside the parking lot and watching them come in their limos and they get them. Just seeing them made your day, made you happy, made you feel, um, you know, wrestling for a lot of kids. Their, you know, Monday nights, it's their sanctuary. You know, that's when they're a little, they're a little escape. Um, so that was really special. That's awesome. Switch gears a little bit because I know you're uh, really involved in fitness. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Wolfpack Fitness. Yeah, so after Tough Enough, like, my body was pretty beat up, and I spent about two months just, like, boozing it way too much, okay? And that's why I looked terrible at the finale when we filmed the Florida stuff, um, which was two months after primary filming ended. And, you know, I was really proud of the way I looked during the show. Like, I was pretty ripped up, and it felt pretty good. In Florida, FCW, I just was, like, skinny fat and looked terrible. And Anyway, after I came home, I had read this article at the airport, actually, by a guy named John Kiefer, who's a physicist and nutritionist, and it was about a lot of the new science behind, you know, eating at night, eating carbs, all this stuff, like all the myths, you know. And uh, I was like, you know what, I was sick of what I was doing, with the classic bodybuilding stuff, seven small meals, et cetera, et cetera. And so I started applying a lot of this stuff, got great results, and you know, started, I got my nutrition and uh, fitness training certification. And one of the things that was really meaningful to me, uh, I'm a mama's boy, self-proclaimed, and uh, I started working with my mom. And at, in her 50s, she was getting better. She goes, the last time I was in her shape was in the 80s, and it gave her so much more confidence and happiness. So I started working with some friends and, as well. And the Wolfpack name got derived out of that idea that uh, it's, it's really the, the part people are missing is community and accountability. You know, it's not that they don't necessarily know what to do. It's that why do they deviate when they have the chance? And if you're accountable to a community that, you know, is loving and supportive, um, you're much more likely to, to not screw up because you don't want to disappoint not only yourself, but, you know, the 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100, thousands of other people that are that are part of your community. And so my client, I have a client-only Facebook group, and I have clients from around the globe now, and it's a really cool example of Facebook done right. 
it's a safe place where they can share their, their success without the typical, you know, jealous, insecure American going, oh, so you're bragging. You know what I mean? Anytime we, we love, there's one thing we love more than a success story is trying to, you know, it's watching someone fall from grace. Or we, we love trying to always call people out with, oh, you're, you're so, you know, any confidence is, is we take to be typical now. And it's usually from people that are insecure with, with their own lives. So, anyway, that's really the long and short of, of where the name came from and what we do. It's just a big emphasis on community, simplicity. You know, it's really low frills. I grew up on a farm in Maine, and I love teaching people how to get fit without being uh, starving themselves or being a slave to a gym. Sounds great. Uh, so if people want to be a part of this, I mean, you say you have members uh, worldwide. How could uh, someone get involved with this? That's a great question. Right now, we're, I actually have a meeting with a web designer this week, uh, but right now I do everything out of my Facebook, and it's facebook.com slash Wolfpack Worldwide, all one big word, Wolfpack Worldwide. And, uh, you know, from there, we have tons of amazing photos, videos, and um, posts from our clients that just life-changing results. And, uh, you know, anybody can message us on the page and set up an appointment. You know, I usually I do a lots of stuff via email, Skype, phone. Um, and that's why I say you don't have to be local and, uh, to be a part of this amazing community. And I do lots of YouTube videos for my clients, um, you know, who are local. Um, I take inventory of their life. I make a plan that fits their life, their taste. Um, and again, the exciting part is a lot of the new research shows that all the things we've been doing are chaining ourselves to these um, these habits. Like, oh, we have to eat breakfast. You can't eat after, you know, this time at night. All those are bogus. It really comes down to what you eat and what you're doing um, to support it. And, uh, you know, I get I've real, real good at customizing things for people. It's not a one-size-fits-all. Um, a lot of the rules, again, are universal, but a lot of what I do is very individualized. So we just get amazing, predictably great results. You know, we say that results are typical with Wolfpack, which is a far um, cry from the infomercials that you see. And it's nothing like nobody has time. You know, Insanity, P90X, it's like two-hour crazy stuff that you just don't need to do. You know, the average person, they just need a little bit of heavy lifting, you know, no, they don't ever need to run on a treadmill. We smash sledgehammers on tires um, for cardio. You might hit a heavy bag, whatever you really like to do. And uh, again, that's the coolest part about Wolfpack is like it's it. You can you can give a big FU to the fitness industry that's trying to make you shake. You need to do two hours of insanity a day, a day to get in shape. When really all you need to do is learn to eat right and lots of good things take care of themselves. It's tremendous. I'm definitely going to have to check it out. Uh, you know, I'm into fitness, but always looking for something uh, different. I, I got th- thank you so much for for giving us a few minutes. Uh, anything else you'd like to promote before we let you go? Well, I just want to say thank you guys. First of all, you guys have been you know great questions, and again, thanks for listening to Jaw Slap. I know I get long winded, but the last part I want to say is about the Wolfpack Nutrition. If you love eating way more eggs, bacon, beef, sausage. All this stuff that you've been told is bad, and if you want to learn how to eat that stuff and actually get a healthier heart, better cholesterol, better body fat percentage, all this stuff, definitely look into Wolfpack Fitness. It literally is going to change your life, and we're going to we're going to go again. Like I said, we're already going worldwide, and we're going global even more day by day. So that's all, guys. Fight the good fight. Well, thanks for giving us uh, some time, and definitely, like you know, as as this uh, your Wolfpack Fitness continues to grow, uh, we'd love to have you back on in the future. Thank you so much.
much. I love that guy. Thank you. Thanks, Ed. Take care. And there you have it, uh, Luke Robinson. You know, Dave, uh, very intriguing, the idea that, you know, yes, he, he did come across uh, on the show as arrogant, and yes, uh, you know, not the most likable of guys, and uh, talking to him, very nice guy, very polite, and uh, looked like he was playing a character, so you never know what you get out of reality TV. Yeah, I mean, I, well, the one thing I really that really struck me that I didn't even think of, and you know, when he brought it up, uh, he um, he mentioned that you know he didn't want to apply for the show, or the people that didn't succeed were the ones that you know they they showed on camera that were you know all pissy about the training and how tough it is, and you know this, that, and the other, and and uh, you know then you got to go ahead and if they win the contest, try to repackage them as this big tough professional wrestler. And I I thought that was a very good point that something I've never heard of before, and you know that, that he brought up that makes a lot of sense with the Tough Enough show that you know you see these kids there throwing up and they're crying and they're oh this sucks, this hurts, I hate this, but this is my dream. But you know and then you you know six months, a year or two down the road, you know people still might remember remember them and then you put them on TV on Monday Night Raw and it's like that's the guy that cried in front of Steve Austin really like he makes a great point about that something I never thought of you know I thought it was pretty cool yeah you're right I mean that was a, a tremendous point and, and I did find you know watching the show I mean he, he articulated it well because watching the show I mean I remember thinking that I remember watching and the guys who would be complaining and it was just guy like shut up like and I'm thinking like I I I would just be keeping my mouth shut. You're getting trained by Stone Cold Steve Austin on how to be a professional wrestler. Uh, you know, shut up. And, uh, yeah, I, I would guess, you know, I didn't quite think of it that way, but as as a wrestling fan, you know, how do you look at that guy and say, you know, after the fact, oh, yeah, he's a badass. Um, very, very interesting stuff from him. And uh, the whole Wolfpack Fitness thing um, sounds tremendous. I mean, I know for myself and I, you know, Try and hit the gym every day, and it's tough, and some days you're dragging more than others. But, uh, you know, years ago I had a friend that I worked out with all the time, and, and there is that accountability when you're trying to get yourself in shape. Uh, you know, if you know you're meeting someone at the gym, you go. And, and there's that accountability of being in a, in a pack, or as he said, I mean, I've never heard anybody in the fitness industry speak in terms of community. And I found that very intriguing that, you know, yeah, like if you're accountable to a community, um, it, it can serve to motivate you and, and to, to keep you focused. And uh, it was very uh, philosophical, uh, I'm trying to, existential way of looking at, at fitness, just very, uh, uh, it, I just found it very interesting, his, his take on it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to look into the Wolfpack Fitness on Facebook and, uh, you know, join up because it, it sounds like something that can be uh, very interesting. And, and, you know, when you're looking for that, uh, you know, that support system because, you know, it's tough on all of us. We all have tough schedules. We all, you know, want to fit the gym in, want to be in better shape. And it's, it's tough for us to kind of, you know, stay motivated. And especially if you hit a plateau you know, you just you have those like last ten pounds you're trying to lose, and you just can't lose them. Uh, the way he talked about it, I've never heard uh, someone talk in terms of fitness like that. So the the whole interview with him between uh, the wrestling and and his his talk about psychology and and fitness, and even admitting 
that he didn't look good in the finale. The fact that he's like, yeah, I, I was boozing and looked like crap. The, the, he was very candid and honest and, and obviously a very bright guy. Uh, very different than what I thought we would get out of him. I was pleasantly surprised. I, I thought it was a fun interview. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, very informative. And, you know, the, the one thing that was cool about it is, you know, I'm not much of a of a – of a gym, I eat fairly healthy. I don't go to the gym, um, you know, parts of my job or, you know, I, I do a lot of heavy lifting, but I wouldn't really call that a workout. Um, the one thing that's cool about it is they said, you know, you don't have to be local to be a part of this, you know, Wolfpack Fitness. He does, you know, Skype and, you know, email and stuff like that. So it's really informative. Uh, you know, it's almost like, in a sense, like, you know, buying a workout video, except you're not watching a video. You're just you you're doing it live on Skype with him or you're, you know, reading instructions to the email. So, that's, you know, that, that was pretty cool that I liked as well. Yeah, definitely a cool interview. Uh, I want to see, like, where this, this whole thing goes, uh, how far it goes, and uh, would love to have him on in the future. Like I said tonight, we got a jam-packed show uh, lots of things going on. You guys, you guys who support the show, man, you guys are great. Be patient. We're going to get to the calls. We're going to try to get to each and every one of you. We have Ox Baker scheduled in the next hour. He's going to tell us uh, where his, his health is, what the true, honest facts are, and then we're going to get to your calls, and you guys talk about whatever you want, 347-838-9815. But right now, it is time for the 50-50 Day 5 News Report. Thank you very much, Ken. This is the Day 5 News Report, only heard at the top of the hour every Sunday night here on the Ken Reedy Show. Now, I met, now we mentioned earlier that next week, next Sunday, we're going to have a show dedicated to the history of the WWE Championship. Well, speaking of former WWE champions, The Rock, who has been a hotbed of controversial talk since WrestleMania 29, conducted a question-and-answer session on Twitter this week, and when asked by a fan of his WWE status, The Rock replied, and I quote, Mania may have been my last match. Rock noted that his three-year plan with the WWE was to come into the company and elevate the product and, in quotes, do the honors. Since Rock's sudden departure following WrestleMania 29, his status for his rumored involvement for WrestleMania 30 next year has been in serious question, despite The Rock announcing his involvement in next year's mega event at the WrestleMania 30 press conference back in New Orleans in February. Our second story this week, former ECW World Heavyweight Champion Justin Credible announced this past week that he plans to make a full-time return to one of the major companies in professional wrestling. Credible, who is six months removed sober after completing a WWE-sponsored rehab, stated that he would like to work as an agent, working with the young talent, and helping build towards the future of the wrestling industry. He doesn't kid himself saying that he doesn't see himself being on Monday Night Raw every Monday night, but in some way, shape, or form, and in some capacity, he would like to contribute to the professional wrestling industry. Our third story this week. TNA executive producer Eric Bischoff and MX Digital are teaming with former National Basketball Association star and Hall of Famer, the worm, Dennis Rodman, who also has had a brief history of performing in the ring in WCW, to launch a series of online casino games. Rodman will be a spokesman and a centerpiece for the game, which is expected to launch, excuse me, expected to launch on desktop, 
social media, and mobile devices in the middle of this year. Ring of Honor announced this week that Pro Wrestling Noah Star, now, now excuse me if I can't pronounce this properly, so I'm going to try hard here, Naomichi Marufuji. I think I got that right. I, I don't know. It's difficult. I apologize for some of you Asian fans listening out there. <laughs> Suffered a serious knee injury and has been pulled out of the upcoming Border Wars 2013 event this week in Toronto. However, Ring of Honor did not disappoint this week in naming a replacement as they have acquired the services of former WWE Tag Team Champion and former Cruiserweight Champion Paul London. London is scheduled to face Ring of Honor staple Davey Richards at Border Wars as well as Michael Elgin at the Ring of Honor TV tapings later in the week. And our fifth and final story this evening, ProWrestlingInsider.com reports that the forthcoming Jim Crockett Promotions documentary being directed by Michael Elliott in conjunction with HighSpots.com made its Kickstarter.com, that's a lot of dot-coms, campaign goal raising a little over $16,000 and will begin forthcoming production on the project. Jim Cornette, Jackie Crockett, Ole Anderson, Ron Garvin, and others have already been interviewed for this documentary. And folks, 11 p.m., Friday nights, MeTV, NWA on Fire, Ken Reedy, the host of this show. He also hosts that show. Check it out. Every Friday night, MeTV at 11 p.m., NWA on Fire. And I mentioned a few weeks ago on the show that Ken and I attended the Pro Wrestling Syndicate show out in Metuchen, New Jersey, during WrestleMania weekend. Well, Pro Wrestling Syndicate's sister company, Bombshell Ladies of Wrestling, otherwise known as Blow, are having a show on May 11th in Iceland, New Jersey, at the Knights of Columbus. Former WWE divas Shelly Martinez and Amazing Kong, otherwise known as Karma, will be in attendance. Arena Chick Amber O'Neill and many more. For more information, head on over to ProWrestlingSyndicate.com. And there you have it. That was your Day 5 News Report. Only heard here on the Ken Reedy Show. Ken, back to you. You know, it's great, like, with all the, the films and stuff coming out, uh, you know, a lot of great documentaries. And uh, one of the, the cool documentaries and, and the trailers floating around, it's out on DVD. Uh, there's a Barbed Wire City, uh, the unauthorized documentary film on ECW. And uh, I've watched the trailer, and it, it really looks amazing. And they just had a, a premiere party out in uh, – New York and uh, John and I'm I apologize if I'm mispronouncing your last name but John Philopavage Philopavage the producer of the film Bob's Wire City is going to be joining us on Tuesday to talk about the film what went into making the film and uh ECW so we'll talk a lot about uh ECW and then the era that was with ECW um it's amazing, Dave, that if you didn't live through it, and the one thing I did like about what I saw from the documentary, it, it really, at least in the trailer, seemed like they, they did a good job at capturing uh, the the vibe, the, the visceral intensity that, that was ECW. Um, if, if you didn't live in that time period in the 90s, it's really tough to convey what ECW did to the wrestling industry and to the wrestling fan. It was just a an incredible period of time, and as like the Monday Night Wars are going on, there's this third company that's just breaking all the rules. And uh, 
I'm looking forward to seeing the the film, and I'm looking forward to talking to John on uh, Tuesday. You you, know, you want to talk about visceral intensity? Um, you know, living through that era, um, I had. I did not get a whole lot of ECW. It would pop up here and there on the Madison Square Garden channel here in Connecticut, but, you know, at weird times in the hour, you know, Friday nights at, like, 2 in the morning or, you know, Saturday nights at 4.30 in the morning or, or sometimes they wouldn't even, you know, come on TV at all. And uh, I happened to, uh, on a whim, uh, go to an ECW house show in uh, Hartford, Connecticut at the uh, at the Hartford Armory. Um, I'd never seen them in person. I'd seen some of their stuff on the Internet and heard some stories, and I thought, well, you know, let me go check this out. And I've seen, you know, I've heard other guys, you know, top names in the big two companies, like Sid had made some appearances in ECW. So I figured I'd go check them out. It was like the summer of 99. Um, I went with a couple of friends, and, uh, you know, it was a very different atmosphere um, being a part of it. The the audience, you know, like they say, it was they were really a part of the show. Um, so much a part of the show that um, at one point I, I was sitting in the bleachers, and the bleachers probably had about like 10, 15 rows. Um, and I was probably about like, I'd say about 10 rows up. And the sit with my buddies, and um, the uh, the way the ring was set up, uh, you know, the, the, the guys were coming out almost like underneath the bleachers. Um, there was like an exit door, like, you know, almost like a fire escape exit, so to speak, with curtains. And uh, the, the, the match was uh, – uh, Sabu and uh, just incredible, and um, Sabu comes out and uh, I see this kid lean over the lean over the bleachers in the guardrail. He's probably about like three rows ahead of me, you know, heading down the steps, and uh, leans over the guardrail and he grabs Sabu's turban, and Sabu climbed up and uh, you know jumped over the bleachers and he punched the kid in the face about like seven or eight times, and I'm like, oh my god, like. That's not a part of the show. Like, this kid must have been, like, 15, 16 years old. You know, he was a minor. At least, you know, at least at that time, that's how old I was. So he had to be my age. And uh, he hit him about five or six times in the face, connected. And, uh, you know, security was up there to kind of break it up pretty quickly. And uh, he jumped back over the guardrail, got his turban, put the turban back on, went back in full gimmick, made his entrance in the ring, and just kind of stood in the ring. And he stood towards my direction, you know, because we were kind of, like, center of the ring. And security is basically, you know, making sure this kid's okay um, and also in hopes that he doesn't sue them because, quite frankly, the way ECW was run from the stories I've heard is that they didn't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. And uh, the kid got up and he dusted himself off. He had, his, he had a T-shirt on, I don't know if it was a Sabu T-shirt or something, but he took it off and he wiped his face with it and he kind of dusted himself off and he backed off security and he was like, no, I'm good, guys, I'm good, don't worry, I just want to watch the show. And uh, they were like, are you sure? Is everything okay? You know, we, they, they were offering free T-shirts and merchandise and, you know, 8 by 10s And, the, you know, I don't know if he took them up on their offer, but as the security walked away, the kid looked at, like, one of his buddies, like, I just got punched in the face by Sabu. That was pretty cool. <laughs> and, and and I was just like, I can't, like, this is this this is really what happened to one of these shows. And it, it that was, like, you know, the intensity of it was enormous. I couldn't believe it. I was just, and the, the kid got punched, and somebody punched me in the face and, I'm going to sue you, you know, like, especially if you're an entertainer, like, I, you know, do something about it. This kid was all about, you know, enjoying the show, and he's got a moment in his life where you could say he's been beaten and bloodied by Sabu, <laughs> you know. So it was, the, the part about visceral intensity, that's about as close as it got for me when I witnessed ECW in person. And, and it's funny because that doesn't surprise me. That doesn't shock me like a fan, like, hey, look <laughs> at me, I got, I got beat up by Sabu. I mean, that was the kind of – 
uh, intensity we we had then, and it just it was it was an interesting time period for me. I remember ECW being that that uh, wrestling that was on when I was uh, at the bar. Like I'd be out at the bar, and so I didn't hear a lot of the sound, but it was uh, for whatever reason it was always on late night, and uh, you know I would I would watch it you know while I was hanging out having a beer. So uh, you know that's what I remember. So I'm really looking forward to talking to John Filipovich, uh talking ECW, talking uh, the documentary Barbed Wire City. And go check it out. Go check out barbedwirecity.com for the extended trailer. Uh, just looks like it's going to be a really cool movie and. Uh, Looking forward to having him on and talking ECW. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. We're, we're actually going back and forth right now. We're trying. We had him on hold. We lost him. We do have Ox Baker, who is going to be calling in and giving us uh, the lowdown on his his health issues right now and what's going on. Uh, supposedly the reports uh, were not totally accurate. So uh, we're currently right now trying to... Uh, Get him on, and uh, let's see, we got more numbers, and there he is, so we got him back on, we're going to get him on, the legendary, the one and only, Ox Baker's on along with us. Mr. Baker, are you Hello. There? Hello, how are you doing tonight? Well, why did I have to wait so long to get on this program? Uh, we we had a news break, and... Uh, you know what, you guys are talking garbage on, here you have a chance to talk to the greatest talker in the history of all times in wrestling. You're talking about the fans holding hands and two guys whistling down. Now, this is Oxbaker, the fantastic Oxbaker. Forty years, been the number one talker of all television. Now, if you want your program to be number two on the hit parade or number ten, keep Oxbaker. But if you want to be number ten, you want to be known all over the country. It's the greatest talking show of all time. You got to talk to Ox Baker. Do you understand that? I, I get that. I you believe know. you've never been in a wrestling dressing room. You have. Have you been there? Have I been in a wrestling dressing room? Yes. Uh, I've been. And in... you took a shower in a wrestling room. I've never and taken. You've taken a shower and been inside of a wrestling. You can read all the script you want to. But I want to tell you right now, the rumor that Ox Baker had a fantastic. Heart attack is all a fallacy. I had a little water on the lungs. I stayed in the hospital for seven days. I body slammed the nurse, kicked the doctor at the front door, and got out of the hospital. And now I'm giving you guys the break of your lifestyle. You finally, after all these years, all these guys you mentioned, you know, Vince, I'm the only guy in the history of writing. He came up to I made a mistake with you, Ox. I tried all these other guys. They can't handle it. Only one man can be number one. And at this time, right here and now, you're talking to him right here. Do you have any questions for me? Well, how are you Don't stutter. Just ask me a question. I'm asking, how how are you feeling? What's the problem? I'm doing fantastic. I'm in good shape. I went from 271 pounds to 259. And now I'm doing something never been done in the history of wrestling. In May, I'm going to start Ox Baker Nationwide Cook Show. I wrote the first cookbook in the history of wrestling. Vince McMahon seen my cookbook. He tore his book up because he knew he couldn't copy Ox Baker. Now, you guys got a chance to sort of redeem yourself. 
get these silly guys off with these silly questions. Talk to wrestlers that know what they're doing. Sid Vicious coming back. Why is he coming back? Because he's tired of on the street having his hand out. He didn't make it before. He's jealous of everybody. You know, Ox Baker never got a chance in the WWE. Right now, I have four of the toughest guys. I got the Big Thunder, the great new Indian. I've got the Mountain Man from West Virginia, 420 pounds. I got Mr. Powerful, who beat six arm wrestling champions. I got a new German. He's not that great, but with under my, you know, Vince eliminated all the managers. Now he has to bring, he has to bring Ox Baker back. Yeah, Vince, it's all right to you say, Ox, I made a mistake with you. The mistake is you have promised the wrestling world that you would put on the best wrestler, and until you put Ox Baker on, you haven't put on the very best. Now I'm giving you a chance here. Do you have a question or not? Oh, yeah, Tom. Don't stutter. Ask me a question. Do you want to move into managing? Would you like to? I mean, we're going to see you on Monday nights uh, managing uh, future talent in this business. I am one of the great managers of all time because everybody else they think of himself. Captain Lou Battle, he thought of himself. I've got the brand new Indian. You know, Chief Jay Stonebound died. Brand new Indian. I've got that Indian. Six foot six called Bad Thunder. He quit school because they had recess. That's how tough he is. I got Mr. Powerful. I know you had Mr. Wonderful before. You had Mr. Perfect. Now you got Mr. Powerful. You got my... But nobody here could have talked about John Cassini. John Cassini's been there way too long. He hasn't saved his money and bought himself a pair of trunks. His dad is scared to death of Oxbaker. He said, if Oxbaker's in a, a town, I don't want to be there. Now, I want you to tell your public, Oxbaker is well. No heart attack. I'm ready. And if you've got time, go to Chickabee the 11th of May, and you'll find out i got all four of them guys there. They'll challenge anybody in the crowd. Aren't you ashamed of yourself? You never had Ox Baker on your program before. I, I am. I'm Don't right. you feel a little guilty? A little bit, a little bit. Well, you tell the fans you've had the best. you got the best right now. Far heads and shoulders above everybody. And you know why? When I trained, yes, I trained the atom bomb. I sent him there. Vince didn't want me. A year later, he's in the main event. He's getting paid preliminary money, right? The Undertaker, he'll tell you, he was in Texas. I was knocking out Devon Eriks. He couldn't beat Devon Eriks. Ask the Undertaker, who's the greatest talker in the history. Wait a second. John and Mary just called me. They got a nice piece of pie for me. Call me back sometime. I, you know, I that that's uh. That, that I'm glad my, that's, that's over. My worst interview. I don't quite know. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad that was over. Honestly. Oh, that was awesome. Well, Ox, we are very happy that you are doing well. Uh, 
Thank God it wasn't a heart attack. Glad you're healthy. And, you know. If he kept going up, he might have had a heart attack. Uh, I tried to get a question. I had some questions prepared, but uh, I think when he when Doc Baker does an interview, you just got to kind of let him go. So uh, definitely a legendary figure in the business. Uh, you know, well-documented history. Uh, starred in Escape from New York. Um, but, you know, man, I mean, when I, you know, some of the, the legends out there, that's really amazing, you know. They, uh, you know, they 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 don't break kayfabe, you know. And he's uh, Ox Baker's Ox Baker, and and I guess your book Ox Baker, you're getting a hundred percent Ox Baker. So uh, again, the bottom line is that the great news is that Ox is doing well, and he's terrorizing the staff at the hospital. So uh, glad to hear he's he's on the recovery, and that it wasn't a heart attack. And thank you. So much for giving us some time. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. We're gonna go. You guys have been awesome. Thank you guys for being patient. We're gonna head out to the phones right now. Uh, we got Tony on the line. Tony, are you there? Hey, oh my God, that was that has to be this. That was the that was weird. That was I mean, I was like, that was the scariest interview I've ever heard. <laughs> it was like one of those things. It was like. Um, was I put off a little bit? Was it entertaining? I think it may have been. Uh, did I not know what to say? Most definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was entertaining, but I mean, come on. You know, it's like <laughs> the case tape area is long since, uh, you know, it's been dead and buried for years. I mean, the case, you know, geez, I mean, don't be, you know, it's like being on ca- in character 24-7. Those days, those days are gone. I, I wish so, man. I, I wish I could have been a fly in the wall uh, in that hospital. I can't imagine what he's like in, in the hospital. Uh, that, that, uh, you know, it, I mean, it's, it, it's amazing. But uh, what do you got for us tonight, Tony? Oh my God, I don't know. I'm kind of drained out from hearing that from hearing that horror fest. <laughs> um, Everyone gets settled, all right? Ox, Ox, I think is thrown off the entire uh, Ken Reedy show fan base. So everyone who's on hold, take a deep breath. Don't okay. worry, Ox is eating pie. He's good. Mary and John have hooked him up. He's well, been taken care of. Pie probably laughing at us right now. But, uh, again, good. glad to hear that he's doing better health-wise. Uh, you know, we hit a little bit uh, early on uh, about John Cena and his injury. Uh, Luke Robinson gave us some time. Ox Baker. Uh, you know, the week in wrestling. You're our blogger. Whatever you want to talk about, Tony. Well, let's see. You were talking about, before you, before, uh, you had the horror man on, you were talking about uh, ECW. Uh, you know, <laughs> This should be a uh, pretty interesting documentary, you know, because like I say, like, you know, I, I didn't really watch a lot of ECW back, you know, back when it was, you know, was, was in a, at its, uh, you know, at its height, you know, in the mid-90s. I didn't, I actually didn't start watching until, like, uh, we're on TNN in, like, you know, in 99, so that was when I kind of was starting to watch it. I would be, like, catching on MSG every once in a while, but, you know, I didn't really, you know, I wasn't really a a fan, you know, like I wasn't watching as it was, you know, as the product was going on. I was more into the big two. So, you know, I mean, hopefully, you know, I'm hoping to get to see that the, uh, documentary. I've seen, I've seen some of the clips for it too, and it looks, it, it looks pretty interesting. Yeah, you know, just, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I again, like it's, it's tough if you if you didn't live through it to really, you know, understand. And it's, it's interesting because now you can look back on it and realize like how. You know how I mean, if there was ever a time, look, I mean, this is, with wrestling fans, there's a certain cult-like quality to all of us. Um, but if you could ever like use that real analogy of, of just a cult, 
Um, and, and, you know, people throw around that term, oh, oh he has a cult-like following. or is a, ECW was very much like a cult. Uh, it, it just the, the fans of ECW would, would live and die for, for their product. And, uh, you know, I, I am, you know, I've seen... Uh, they would kill for it, too. I mean, I, I, I witnessed that firsthand that night, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole incident was, oh, man, I, I wouldn't have marked out for that. Being, uh, you know, what uh, you were talking about with Seth Boop before. About the phase. But like I said, I mean, the, the funny thing is, you know, the, the story is funny. And the story is tremendous. But to me, the funnier thing about it, and I, I would think you, you probably get this from most wrestling fans, I'm not surprised. That's the funny thing about the story. Not that someone got punched in the face and then marked out they got punched in the face. The fact that all of us as wrestling fans see, oh, yeah, an ECW fan got, got punched in the face by Sabu, that's probably the best, greatest moment of his life. And yeah. That, that's yeah, I know. I mean, from what I've heard about ECW fans, you know, they were, you know, I mean, they were really... They were really gung ho about the you know, about the about the about the product. You know, I mean, they they really enjoyed it. You know. Listen, if, if if that fan was really hardcore, he would have let that he would have let that cut bleed. He wouldn't have wiped his face off with that shirt. All right. <laughs> let's, let's, let's be honest here. But I was, I'm hoping that that fan is somewhere out there and he's listening because I would love to hear from him. Oh, I know that would be great. Yeah, that that'd be funny. Oh my god. But yeah, that should be cool. So we'll be talking to him on on Tuesday. Uh, wait, before I let you go, Tony, with all the rumors circulating about uh, uh, Cena's Achilles, we talked at the top of the show. Uh, you think it work or legit? I don't know. I mean, it might be. It might be. I don't know. It could be a legit injury, but I mean, if it's if it is, maybe it's not too bad. You know, because I, I, he said he's going to be at Raw tomorrow night. I don't know how, but you know, I mean, if if, if they're going to like maybe you know write him, you know, like if they're going to if he needs some time to heal up or whatever, you know. You can do something where you like have Ryback lay him out, up either. You know, it doesn't even necessarily have to be in the ring. It can just be like you know, it's like you know, the, you got the announcers talking, and then it's like, oh my God, something's happening backstage. It's like you just you just see Cena laying there, you know, with Ryback standing over him, you know, and, and Cena's just like clutching at you know what you know at his uh whatever it was, and then, you know, I don't know if it makes sense here, but you know, it's like just like. Have, yeah, like, things. Have, I mean, it all depends on, you know, an Achilles injury. It's so, it, there's so many varying degrees on, you know, you know, where, what condition it could be in and, 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 you know, and then at what risk is it, you know, is it a, a slight injury, but if he pushes it, you know, he could rupture it, which puts him out for a year. There's a, it's just the Achilles is, is a weird, and you don't want to, you don't want to rupture your Achilles. So, uh, Interesting stuff. I guess maybe we'll get more perspective uh, as time goes on and tomorrow night on, on Monday Night Raw. Tony, thanks a lot for giving us a buzz tonight. Uh, make You guys, make sure, you know, com. We have our interview schedule up there now. We have information on our uh, Tap Out Cancer event. And as always, we have Tony's blogs. Tony blogs for Raw, SmackDown, and Impact each and every week. Go on over there uh, and check out Tony's blogs. Thanks a lot, Tony, for giving us a call. We'll talk to you Tuesday. All right. I'll talk to you Take it easy, man. All right, we're going to stick with the phones. You know, you guys, you've been on hold for a while. We, we're going to try and get each and every call in. So you guys on the phones, you bring it. Whatever you want to talk about in the world of wrestling, you bring it strong. We're going to go right back out of the phones now. We have Mr. Trivia on the line. Mr. Trivia, are you there? Yeah, how you doing, guys? Doing all right. How are you? Yeah, we're doing pretty good. 
Tuesday, yeah, if you think that was fun with Ox Baker, you should have seen the night he was on. He, he was live in our studio doing the doing the top rope show. That was interesting. <laughs> I can imagine. And you know, let me ask. So you 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 had him in studio. I mean, is is he's just always Ox? Oh yeah, yeah. That that's definitely Ox Baker. You def, like you said, Ken. Once you get an interview with him, just let him roll. <laughs> you can, you can see the promo he did with us on YouTube. Uh, Go to uh, YouTube Ox Baker on the top rope, and we did the um, the promo with him after the show. You could see that's the true Ox Baker. That's but uh, TNA uh, here in Indiana, Pennsylvania, Thursday night. It was it was a good show. They had about uh, they had about five thousand. And the interesting thing there was, you go to a con- I never saw this before. You go to a concession stand, and they have these little grab bags. And you pay a certain amount to get a grab bag. So I just paid the guy the ten dollars, and I just grabbed the bag. And it's like, wow, this thing's heavy in here. You know what? They got like a title belt in here or something. I have no idea. I opened it up, and inside it was a a three disc DVD set of three full length pay per views. And I I'm really not much into watching the TNA pay per views, but in the in the box was uh, Victory Road, Hard Justice, and No Surrender. There were three. DVD pay-per-views, and it was pretty good. The crowd was pretty decent, and um, they had two weeks of taping, so next week you'll see the second uh, second part of the, the show that they had out there. But, Ken, one of the reasons for my call, Dave, I spoke to you earlier about um, sometime in August out here in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Ken, I don't know if you've ever seen a BTW show, but um, they're going to be having B- they're going to have BTW coming back here to Altoona, Pennsylvania, and I would personally like to invite you and Dave out here to Altoona to be my guests to come watch the show with me. Well, it sounds like I mean get get us the, the date and, and a little more information, and uh, yeah, I'm always up for a, a road trip, uh, watch a little wrestling. Yeah, Ric Flair is going to be on that one because uh, that, this was the makeup for him after when his son Reed passed away, and uh, he'll be back for this show. But uh, they really don't know who's going to be on the next one. But they usually get, uh, some pretty big stars. Last time I was there, they had Kevin Nash, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Tommy Dreamer. They have a few ECW originals, so it's a uh, it's a pretty good show. And this thing with uh, John Cena, I'm hoping it's a mark because I need points for fantasy wrestling because I got him on there. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It's just it's the fantasy thing has just completely changed our our priorities as far as wrestling now. It's like yeah, it's like, that's immediately the first thing I thought of when I I saw that this morning. I was like, oh man, yeah, really. Spiked in my roster this week. Yeah, but hey guys, I just wanted to say thanks for taking the call. And as usual, it's always a pleasure to talk to the two most knowledgeable men in the wrestling business. And, uh, Ken, I'd also like to inv- – one other thing before I go, I'd also like to uh, invite you to do a interview with me on the Top Rope Report for your Top Out Cancer. Sure. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll come on. Anything to, to publicize the event, you know. Uh, it's going to be a great night. So, yeah, I'll come. We'll do an interview. We'll do something. All right, great. We'll be in touch uh, during the weekend, and you guys have a great night, and we'll talk to you on Tuesday. Cool. Take it easy. Thanks, Mr. Trivia. And we're going to – Stick with the phones. We got Dank on the line. Dank, are you there? I'm hiding in a corner <laughs> saying that I can't go to sleep because he will eat me in my sleep. I was so scared. Holy crap. <laughs> this interview 
ever. You know, it's, it's funny because we, you know, you get into this this whole like doing a radio show and and you know and we've had some interviews and you just you never know really what you're going to get with with wrestling and uh, you know most of the guys have you know you get them on and they just they totally break kayfabe and they just they they talk about the business and their their involvement their characters their character development and and that stuff and you kind of get that behind the scenes. Uh, feel you know early on when i started doing this i i didn't know i didn't know what i would get i didn't know if i would have a lot of wrestlers that wanted to stay in character uh i didn't know how that was was going to go and then certain wrestlers we had call in the kind of blur the lines they're going to break kayfabe a little bit but stay in character a little bit so we had all kinds but we've never had anybody on the show that like completely was a gimmick and uh I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun, but uh, yeah, a little scary, a little, little scary. <laughs> Definitely was a, uh, you know, very in your face. But uh, you know, someone who uh, you know, sounds healthy, sounds good, does not sound like a, a sickly man. So glad he's uh, recovering. It's really interesting on a night like tonight when we interview uh, an Ox Baker and a Luke Robinson, and you had a Luke Robinson that had this total persona of being. Uh, you know, kind of a jerk on TV, and turns out to be uh, really nice, really knowledgeable, and and you have like, uh, and then you you have Ox Baker essentially yelling at us. So <laughs> go figure. What do you got for us, Dank? Um, talking about John Cena and just <clears throat> the wrestlers in general, but especially with Cena being the name with the brand and being the guy that's injured. You were mentioning how he got injured a couple of years ago. They were said that he was going to be gone six to eight months. All of a sudden, he pops back up a few months later. Same thing last year. As much as fans love the fact that he's back earlier than the doctors say, I, as a wrestler, would be weary of it because it's... Were you a wrestler? No, I'm saying if I was a wrestler and I was doing oh, okay. that... Okay, all right. I was going to say... Jesus, I, I didn't get that news. <laughs> Go ahead. Go um, ahead. I would be weary of it because, I don't know, maybe even as a fan, I'd love the fact that he comes back a whole lot sooner, but we don't want another edge on our hands. We don't want Cena to push himself so much that he's going to start wrestling on borrowed time, and then out of the blue he has to retire because one more hit the wrong way, and he's going to be in a wheelchair the rest of his life. I would much rather know. Dank? I think we, we lost we lost the call. Sorry, Dank. <laughs> I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, he disappeared from the uh, the line. Look, Dank, you call us back. We'll get you right back on. We're going to stick with the calls now, but call us back uh uh, yeah, well, I was kind of curious where that was going to go because I, I thought it was a good point. Uh, you know, you don't want to say, ah, here he is. Let's let's get him back. Dang, sorry. I don't know what happened there, but you were saying uh, one one more bad hit. Um, yeah, I was saying um, I don't, like for any wrestler, especially when you're carrying the brand on your shoulders, you don't want to be like Edge where one more bad hit and all of a sudden you have to retire because – if you fall the wrong way, you're going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of your life. I would much rather know that Cena's going to be out for the next, say, four to six months for whatever injury, and he takes his time to come back and not force himself to come back just 
because he's John Cena and prolong his career two, three, four more years instead of cutting it short because he he lives in the moment. Look at Undertaker. Undertaker has gone through how many injuries? But he's gone for a while. He never really, as far as I know, pushed himself to come back before scheduled. And here he is still fighting, still wrestling, part-time, yes. But it's not like Edge to where he can't wrestle, period. You know what I mean? No, I mean, they're all, like, very valid points, Dank. And uh, we're going to stick with the phone, so thanks a lot for the call, and we'll talk Problem. about the you know, side. Thanks a lot. Uh, I, Dave, I mean, good points with that. I I just think that, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you don't want to see that, and you don't want to see Cena eventually forced out. Um, depending on what this injury is, the interesting thing is if you look at the time period and you look at the year and the WWE schedule over the course of the year, and I know you got SummerSlam in August, and I know you have CM Punk down right now, but they have to see what some of the young talent could do. As far as the WWE's calendar year, um, this might be a good time for him to take a couple of months off. See what some of the younger talent can do. You know, you got WrestleMania next year, and you know you want a healthy John Cena for WrestleMania. Um, if, if you can look at convenience as far as when an injury can, can happen, you know, this is probably a better time of the year than it happening, say, early in the year, and you potentially lose him for WrestleMania. I, I Maybe a couple of months off would be a good thing for uh, – him and and as well as the uh, the company. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Dank makes a lot of great points. Um, I unfortunately, I hate to do this, but I unfortunately feel that it, it, when when you know Casino runs so hard, it's not just the injuries itself that take a wear and tear in your body. It's the travel too. You know, it's the a lot of people don't factor that in when they talk about wrestling. You know, it's the, the, the injuries are are a large bulk of you know what puts wear and tear in your body. But you're traveling on the road 300 days a year. I mean, they have a you know John Cena was probably the first wrestler in the company that they decided to get a tour bus for because he was running so hard, traveling in rental cars. You know. Uh, shacking up in, you know, I wouldn't say crappy motels, but, you know, I mean, he was, I mean, yeah, he was living a good life, he's living a good life, but, I mean, all that travel takes a wear and tear on your body, too, your your sleep and or lack thereof and, you know, all the appearances you have to make. I, you got to factor that in, too, as well. We mentioned earlier, he does run hard with his schedule, whether he's a champ or not. Um, he's he's always available, accessible, um, you know, to, to the public, um, whether it be wrestling or media appearances. But with Cena, unfortunately, I think it might come down to because of the, the two major injuries that he had and the short amount of time he came back, you know, years a uh, few years back. I personally think that unfortunately he might get put in that position like Edge, where something bad goes wrong and he's got no choice but to walk away, and he can't physically do it anymore. The doctors tell him no. Um, but then again, he's John Cena. He may get cut a lot more slack than other than other guys where, you know, the, the doctors in the company might say, well, you can't do this, but at the end of the day, it's still your decision. Um, unlike, you know, the stories we've heard where it wasn't Edge's decision, it was a doctor's decision and the company's decision. Um, so, unfortunately, I think that's what, what might happen to John Cena, considering that, you know, he relatively – doesn't really take any time off. He's been on television consistently for years on end, other than those two injuries he had um, in 2008. 
you know, the, the short amount of time he came back, I think that might what might what happened to you know, excuse me, might happen to John Cena. Um, I don't want that to be the case. I wish him, you know, the 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 best of health, but unfortunately, just the way things, the way he runs with his schedule, you know, he you know he might be you know, it might be coming time soon where he's going to have to step aside and uh, you know because of an injury and and actually really take some time off. Um, I, you know. That's just my opinion on it. Yeah, no, it's, it's and those are really good points. I mean, you don't take into account the, the travel. I mean, just have not even an injury, just have a, a sore knee, and then sit on, on on a flight for a few hours. You know, sit on a, a five hour plane ride. Have a, have a sore lower back, and, and deal with just sitting in in planes and then cars and stuff. And, and you know, on top of doing these wrestling matches. Uh, that can take a lot out of you when you're supposed to, you know, be laying down on a bed and just elevating your leg. Even if it's just, uh, you know, for the next three days, ice your knee and elevate it. And this guy is traveling. You, um, you, you know, you bring up an interesting point about being on a plane. I can tell you a quick story. Shane Helms, who I've, you know, been friends with for, you know, a few years, he broke his nose over in Australia. Um, he had a match with um, Paul London, and Paul London botched a leg drop and basically sat on his face and, and broke his nose. He had to fly back to the States over 14 hours from Australia with a broken nose. And with all that air pressure and being 35,000 feet in the air, he told me it felt like a combination of getting punched in the head for 14 hours straight and somebody basically, you know, putting your head in a vice grip. And he had to, and he couldn't do anything about it because he was thirty five thousand feet in the air. He couldn't sleep. He couldn't take any medication. It was just brutal. So you know, it's a good point that you bring up about traveling. You know, with it being on a plane, it's you know, it's it, it it's rough. Sure, man. I mean, you know, again, wishing him all the best. It should be interesting to see exactly where this goes. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. We're gonna go back out to the phones. Got some uh, new numbers out here, so uh, people I don't recognize, which is always nice. We have a a two oh three call. Are you there? Hello. Hello? Hey, hey, my name's AJ. Hey, AJ, how you doing? Thanks for giving us a call. What do you got for us tonight? Yeah, I'm actually going to talk about a couple of different things. Um, well, first I'm going to be talking about the Ox Baker interview you guys just did. <laughs> okay. And, oh, Thanks. my God, wow. <laughs> um, I actually know Ox personally. I've talked to him many times and stuff. He's a great guy. I've met him at multiple wrestling shows. Um, he's all around a good guy and everything, and he's cool. He's actually going to be at NEFW Wrestling on May 11th in Chicopee, Mass. Um, some of the guy, other guys are going to be there are Superfly Jimmy Snuka and Brutus the Barber Beefcake. So it's going to be a good show that he's going to be at. And then on, uh, actually next week on Saturday, CTWE Pro Wrestling featuring Bobby Lashley and Trent Beretta. So that's going to be uh, pr- some two pretty good shows, don't you think? Oh, well, sounds like great shows. I mean, stacked cards, uh, legends, uh, and you seem uh, you seem to be a really a uh, well-educated wrestling fan. You're uh, pretty up on the independent scene. Oh yeah, of course. Um, actually, the CTWE show um, also has former WWE superstar Antonio Thomas as well, and um, Antonio will be facing Bandito Jr., uh, Bobby Lashley will be facing Slick Wagner Brown, he, Slick is known all around uh, the United States, 
he's had some matches with WWE, TNA. Uh, his actually last televised match on, was for TNA against Amazing Red. Um, and uh, Trent Barreto is going to be facing his trainer, uh, Dan Barry, actually. That sounds great. I, you know, looking forward. Uh, should go out and definitely catch uh, some of those uh, indie shows. Uh, I'm assuming you being a big-time wrestling fan, you watch uh, TV as well. You keep up on TNA and, and WWE? Yeah, of course. I also go online and I read what's happening next. And one story that actually caught my eye was just incredible, returning, trying to make a comeback. Yeah, we saw that. What do you think of that? I wish him the best of luck because me and him have a past, actually. Uh, like, last year during the summer, he texted me uh, in a jam, can I borrow money? We'll bring you in a friend backstage to WWE Raw. Uh, and all of a sudden, we lost, uh, like, a connection with each other, and he wouldn't answer his phone. We're been texts and and everything, and so I was getting worried, and come to find out, he dripped us, and that wasn't the only time. He dripped us quite a few times. Wow, you know, it's funny, like, you're you're saying this, and this, this sounds familiar, like, I, I heard this story, um, that, I mean, that sucks. Uh, have you, since, since he did jip you, um, were you ever able to get in touch with him again, or is that just it, that, that he's as far as your life goes, gone. No, I got in touch with him. Uh, he just made up multiple lies about saying that his wife has cancer, which is horrible. He's made up lies saying that his son was in the hospital when they really weren't. Uh, he's like, it's, he's just made up terrible lies and everything. So I wish him, now I wish him the best of luck. Uh, he's been sober for uh, six months, I think it is, and that's, you know, I mean, it's, AJ, you know, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I'm 16. 16. That's, I mean, that's pretty I actually trivia. know uh, Mr. Trivia. Oh, good you know Mr. Trivia? Yeah, good friends with him. And also now Ox Baker, personally. Such a small world. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Luke Robinson has wrestled for CTWE uh, three to- two or three times, so I know Luke. Um, we're not, we, like, I know him, he'll come up to me, hey, Joe, what's up, but I don't have his phone number or nine, but, yeah, I'm just surprised at the whole Just Incredible thing. That's amazing, you know, I, I gotta commend you, though, as, uh, you know, when I was 16 years old, I, I would not be nearly as, uh, well-adjusted, and, I mean, you're being really nice about this, and, and just kind of wishing him the best, so, uh, Kudos to you and, and the way you're you're handling what uh, Just Incredible did. And, uh, you know, thanks a lot for giving us a call tonight. It's great to have uh, a new caller. And uh hope you call us back real soon. Oh, yeah, no problem. Anytime. I'll be calling back next week. All right, cool. You take care of yourself. Thanks a lot for the support. Take it easy. All right, bye-bye. Well, there you have it. Like, new fan, AJ. And, you know, we're running short on time, so we want to try and get everyone in. Uh but I don't know, like Dave. Do you remember that? I I remember hearing that story about a kid getting gypped by, and I don't remember where I heard it. But as he's saying it, I'm like, I just I kind of remember hearing about 
Justin Credible jipping some kid and saying he was going to sneak him backstage uh, for Raw. And that's a that's why the, the the small the small world that exists as far as this wrestling and and he knows Mr. Trivia. It's just it, it's amazing. But uh, I I don't know. Do you remember hearing that story? I vaguely remember hearing something where he where Credible had done some questionable things. I don't remember details. Um, I it, you know it may have been the may have been the case, you know, reading it back. But I do remember hearing something. And my memory is usually good when it comes to wrestling because, let's face it, I got no freaking life. But, uh, I, yeah, I, I kind of remember, and it sucks that this happened. You know, I mean, I, not to make an excuse for the guy, but, you know, I mean, for, you know, he, he, he's been out of rehab for six months and clean and sober, so, you know, maybe he was in an altered state of mind when he, you know, has done these terrible things to, uh, you know, to, to, to AJ and, you know, maybe others, uh, you know, and for a 16 year old kid to, to, you know, to publicly, you know, wish him the best of luck after, you know, he credible had stiffed, you know, AJ, I mean, at 16 years old, that was me. I'd be like, give me my goddamn money. You owe me money. You know, <laughs> like I, that's a mature 16 year old kid that was just on the phone. That's uh, you know, I, I commend AJ for that. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I would, I would not be that well adjusted. I would just, I would yeah. probably every <laughs> expletive that I could think of. And I would just, I would, I would wish just bad things at all times. So uh, yeah, definitely kudos to him. A uh, very uh, mature, well-spoken guy for, uh, you know, especially for 16 years old. Uh, Actually, he's a well-spoken guy at any age because I've met some forty-year-olds that he was. <laughs> AJ is a better well uh, speaker. Hey, I'm talking right now; he's a better speaker than me. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. We're going to stick with it right now, and we're going to go back out to the calls. We have someone from good Jersey here. Uh, call, are you there? Yo. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, you know who this is. Oh boy, I think I know. <laughs> Do you know who this is? I'm not a comedy show tonight. My patience <laughs> is thin, okay? I just got back from Nevada. I've been sitting in the desert for three weeks, okay? Do you yeah. know who this is? Answer my question. The return. Finally. <laughs> I love it. Come uh, on, Ken. Listen, last I looked, this wasn't Comedy Central. Who am I? It, it, it's Bob. We got Bob Arian straight out of Area 51. Thanks for giving us a call. Woo! Yeah, I figured, uh, you know, I've been out of the loop for a while. I've kind of uh, been busy with the government. I've kind of been activated, protecting you guys, and I'm uh, kind of out of the loop. But I, I, I did want to call in and um, make mention about your uh, the cancer charity event you guys are going to do, and I'm going to make every effort to be there. I may have to come in via helicopter, and I want to let all your fans know, if I'm going to make that commitment to get there via helicopter, they better pack that place. Amen. You know, uh, we're hoping to get as many people as we can. There, we got a lot of memorabilia, and I I did get word that Steve Off is going to be donating a a T-shirt. Um, I think I think he's trying to make it there as well. So we'll have a Steve Off merchandise to be raffled off as well. So uh, you know, we're gonna have a ton of stuff. It's gonna be a great night. And you're right. If you're gonna grab a helicopter to get in there for this cause, then yes, people need to pack the Pepper Mill South on May 31st. Well, they better, because I'm going to be coming straight uh, via plane to Langley and then coming from Langley via helicopter. I already made arrangements with your locals to have a landing location. So 
you know, that's going to be a done deal. But if I walk in there and that place is empty, uh, you know, that whole community has a problem. I'm going to tell you that right now. Because I am on edge. I am on edge right now with world events. Okay? Yes. And, I and, and I'm hoping you guys are doing well. We are doing well. You're on top. But you, you, you could tell I'm on that edge. But that's well, the best Bob Arian. This is Bob Arian. That's right. When, when did you know, join the that's, show? That's when you're at your best is when you are on edge. That's 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 you. That's Bob Arian. That's, Woo! that's right. That's right. But listen, I do have uh, one show to plug. Uh, Steve, uh, he's in transit right now from wherever he was today, making an appearance at Great Adventure or something like that. I hope he threw up like three times. Um, <laughs> but uh, there is a show next uh uh, May 4th, I believe it's next Saturday. Uh, I, I've kind of lost track of days and time since being in the desert, but it's uh, GWO Wrestling, Genes- Genesis Championship Wrestling, on um, Pompton Lakes. It's the Elks Lodge, 15 Perrin Avenue, Pompton Lakes. Marty Gennetti will be there. The Patriot will be there. Nunzio will be there. And Steve Off will be there. And I'm hoping if I can get away and make arrangements for another landing location, Bob Arian will be sitting in the crowd. So uh, it, that looks like it could be a good show, so I wanted to kind of plug that. And, Dave, maybe you could cor- correct me on this. I have on my schedule is May 11th, NWA on fire. Am I wrong on that, or am I correct? Well, NWA on fire is on every Friday night at, on MeTV at 11 p.m., but May 11th is... Uh, Dave. What, what is wrong with you? I'm not talking about the t- TV show. Don't get like Ken now. Please, I can't have two people there that are annoying me. <laughs> All right, cor- correct me there, sir. What, what would you like to know? Uh, it's the 11th of May, an NWA show. In, we, we do, in we do have a scheduled show as, as well that night. Yes. Okay, so m- maybe I'll be there, too. I'm hoping. I'm hoping I can get Saturdays free. And then uh, we have a BWO show on the 18th in uh, Nutley, uh, as usual. But uh, if people want to maybe stop by and say hello, we'll be at Pompton Lakes. I'm hoping to be there. Then we got NWA on fire or whatever you want to call it, uh, Dave, uh, in Parsippany. And then we got the Nutley show. And, uh, you know, hopefully everything's going well with you guys. And it's been a while since I've seen you. So I figured let me call in and just say hello. Thanks well, a lot for the call, and I look look forward to seeing you soon. Okay, I'll see you guys soon. Be safe. Right. Take it easy. And Bob Arian surprising us, uh, calling in from Area 51. So uh, thanks a lot for the call, Bob. Uh, wow, it's just, you know, every so often, like, just this show, just, uh, I love the cast of characters that call in. And speaking of cast of characters, let's stick with the phones. And we got our buddy Justin's on the line. Justin, are you there? Hi, Ken. How you doing, buddy? What do you got for us? Uh, they just sell Edge T-shirts instead. <laughs> You're the best, Justin. Oh, thank you. They should, where, Well, where do you think? Should they sell Edge on, what do you mean, on the website or at live events or, or both? Well, where should they be selling these Edge T-shirts? On um, com. It's a good point. You know, they do these things on WWE.com, and they have a, a section with retro shirts. I mean, why not? Like, why not? I mean, Edge is uh, an all-time great. I mean, why not put him in the mix as far as uh, retro shirts? Uh, Justin, it's an excellent idea, and I'm 
I'm glad you're up to date on uh, the status of the WWE merchandising uh, systems, what's going on, and uh, you you bring up a very excellent point on how they could change things, and, and, and this sort of strategy of bringing uh, Edge t-shirts into the mix as far as their retro section could prove to be something that the fans would enjoy as well as something very lucrative for the WWE as a whole. So kudos to you for bringing up that plan. Thank you. You got it. Uh, anything else you got for us this week? Oh, sure. You like Metalingus, Ken? Ma- yeah, good song. We're, we're so we're Edge-themed tonight. Good song, although I don't know um, many other songs by, by these guys, but uh, definitely uh, I was always a big fan of Edge's theme. And in fact, Edge's theme is a staple uh, on my iPod for my workout mix when I'm at the gym. So uh, I definitely have that. Well, Justin, we're running up against it uh, time-wise, so uh, thanks a lot for the call. We'll talk to you Tuesday. Sure. And tell Dave, he, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a superman, a great you man. You got it. Thanks, Justin. Thanks for the call. Dave, you're a superman. All right, let me let me, uh, let me me change in the phone booth real quick. Hold on. <laughs> we're like, what a show night. We're like right up against it. We're like four minutes left, so we're going to go through this quickly. But you know what? It's time for the The Ken Reedy Show, not of approval. What a crew tonight. Thank you guys for supporting us. We get our nod in late, but we're going to squeeze it in right now. Quickly, Dave and I will give our nod of approval of things we liked in the world of professional wrestling. And my nod is going to a guy who deserves all the accolades in the world, and kudos to him because... Uh, his demise may have been prematurely reported. Very impressed with what The Undertaker has brought to the table. Wrestling after WrestleMania, still in the mix, in the mix with The Shield. Uh, very impressed with him. This guy's He's got some left in the tank. So for my nod, I'm giving it to The Undertaker, Dave. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more. But on you know, the other hand, I'm gonna have to give my nod to the Shield this week because the Shield was all over television. They were on, you know, Raw and SmackDown. They worked with John Cena and the Undertaker. You know, they had the six-man tag on Monday. They had the angle at the end of Raw with Cena and Ryback. They laid out the Undertaker, which looks like it's gonna write him off of television till next year's WrestleMania season. Um, the future of the business. In my opinion, all three of them, I think they all got something to offer and, and be in a top spot. And in my opinion, the best booked act, gimmick, storyline, most consistent that the WWE has put on since their debut. Um, I wouldn't change a thing about what they're doing. And I love the, I, I'm a huge fan of the Shield. They're in my fantasy wrestling. At least two out of the three are. Yeah, definitely good stuff. And interesting because uh, Dave and I came upon our knowledge separately. And, uh, you know, the fact that, that The Undertaker and S.H.I.E.L.D. had, a, you know, a number of interactions this week. And, uh, you know, supposedly backstage, uh, The Undertaker told the rest of the locker room that these guys are the future of the business. And uh, no greater praise than uh, coming from a guy like The Undertaker. So, uh, interesting nods this week. Uh, past and, and the future of pro wrestling. The S.H.I.E.L.D. and The Undertaker get the nods of approval this week. The Ken Reedy Show, not of approval. 
certain shows that we do here, Dave, where Ozzy Osbourne's Crazy Train just pops into my head because, wow, you never know where where we're going to go. And a tremendous show tonight. Uh, thanks to Ox Baker for calling in. Glad you're doing well. Help. Big time thanks to Luke Robinson for calling in, uh, talking fitness, talking wrestling. Uh, this Tuesday, remember, we're still on Ironbound for one more week uh, while they get ready for their move, but we'll be on Ironbound on Tuesday evening. Uh, we're going to have John Philipavage on the program, producer of Barbed Wire City, talking some ECW and, and his documentary film, so that should be exciting. What's going to happen on Raw? We'll be talking about that on Tuesday. And next week, on Sunday, from 6 to 8 p.m., we're going to be doing a very special show. We're going to be talking about the WWE Championship, its 50th anniversary, good champions, bad champions, what the, the belt means to the business. So bring it next week. We're talking WWE championship tremendous show this week thank you to everyone who support us and called us for dave i am ken reedy we'll talk to you tuesday take care everybody with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.